one day at a time. What is that? Five words, something. <laughs> okay, there's a lot packed into those yes. five words. Welcome to episode 34 of the Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Diane and Ruth. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Diane and Ruth, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand, as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. We had planned to talk about self-care today, and some recent experience has shown us that the slogan "One day at a time" can be an important aspect of caring for ourselves. We're going to focus on that slogan in this episode. We will take up the larger topic of self-care in a later episode. Do you often find yourself spending all your time worrying? Do you fear the future or resent the past? Is the present moment something you simply don't have time to bother with? Well, let's talk about it. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences as they relate to the topic of one day at a time. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I will be your host today. Joining me is co-host Swetha. How are you today, Swetha? Great, thanks, Spencer. And next to Swetha is our co-host Kelly. How are you doing, Kelly? I am okay, Spencer. I am real glad to be here. Yeah, it's a good thing. The first segment of today's episode of the Recovery Show will be our discussion of the topic one day at a time. Following a musical break, we'll talk about our lives in recovery, about what's happening in the meetings we attend, and in our lives. We will follow that with brief news about the podcast, closing with another musical break. We have a reading about the slogan. This is from、uh, the book "Courage to Change," page ten. I suspect that if I reclaimed all the minutes, hours, and days I've sacrificed to worry and fear, I'd add years to my life. When I succumb to worry, I open a Pandora's box of terrifying pictures. Paranoid voices and relentless self-criticism. The more attention I pay to this mental static, the more I lose my foothold in reality. Then nothing useful can be accomplished. To break the cycle of worry and fear, I'm learning to focus all my attention on this very moment. I can turn away from destructive thoughts and concentrate instead on the sights and sounds around me: light and shadows, the earth beneath my feet, the pulse of everyday living, all pieces of the here and now. These bits of reality help rescue me from what ifs and should haves by anchoring me in the present. Prayer and meditation, the slogans and phone calls to Al-Anon friends, are other sources of serenity that bring me back to this moment. As I shut out the noise, I am more receptive to my higher power's will, and therefore much more able to work my way through difficult times. As I said, my name is Spencer, and I'm going to start out by、uh, asking you, Kelly, what does One day at a time mean to you?、Uh, is it different from hitting the pause button? Hmm. One day at a time to me right now is a real challenge. That's what it means. I think it is different than the pause button. For me, one day at a time is more of a mindset. It's、uh, it's something that I have to kind of continually remind myself throughout the day. Where the pause button is more something that I think I reserve for specific situations or heated conversations or like more of an in the moment tool. 
one day at a time. And, you know, it could just be my skewed perspective, but one day at a time, it isn't one of those slogans that occurs to me in the moment. You know, it's more of something like uh, that I'm able to work with on those days when I do remember to make time for meditation or, you know, when I start my day off really focused by reading the third and seven step prayers. When I do those, then I can kind of channel that idea of staying in the moment throughout the day. I don't know if that makes sense. It does, I think. Um, Swetha, what's your understanding of one day at a time? So one day at a time for me is more about not saying and then, because I'm really, really good at that. Um, it's a lot, for me, it's really easy to go down, and I've heard this phrase a lot, go down this rabbit hole of just negativity and thinking, okay, well, today I can do this, and then this will happen, and then this will happen, and then this will happen, and I don't know that any of those things will happen. And I'm really scared that that's what's going to happen. And then I keep, when I do that, I just suddenly find myself paralyzed with fear at the possibility that this one thing will happen over a year down the road or, or what have you. And, and I can't live in the present moment. I very rarely find myself living in the present moment when I don't apply this, this slogan. Because it's really easy for me to forget that today exists. I think I'm really scared of the present moment. I'm really scared of the responsibility of the present moment. Um, I was actually, I'm, I'm working on the, the concepts with my sponsor. And in one of the concepts, the question was, and how do you feel about taking responsibility for your choices? And I think I wrote a couple of swear words and then it followed <laughs> by a no. <laughs> and, and then I was like, so one day at a time is probably something I really need to work on today. <laughs> But that's the thing. I think I'm so paralyzed with fear sometimes about the possibility of what what could happen in the future that I forget that I I still have to live. Like I still have to make my choices today, and even if the choice is to be paralyzed. And uh, one day at a time reminds me to be to continue to participate and uh, and do the next right thing, and remember that tomorrow is tomorrow, and I need to do the right thing today. You know I. I was thinking as you guys were talking, it's the advantage of going last, I guess. <laughs> also the disadvantage, because then I'm like, I need to say something different. One moment at a time here. And uh, <laughs> it occurred to me that the things, the situations that I really need to use this slogan in today are very different from the situations in which I used it when I was early in the program. When, when I was living with active alcoholism, when I was living with chaos, at that time of my life, one day at a time meant I don't have to be able to live with this forever. I only have to be able to live with this today, in this hour, in this moment. Can I get through this moment? Can I get through this hour, this day? And if I can do that, well, then I'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. I'm just going to get through today, and I can get through today. And I think, I think this is probably more often the way it's it's used in AA. Also, uh, I know when my loved one was getting sober or trying to get sober, she expressed a lot of fear about having to not drink forever. And I think she found comfort in that she really didn't have to drink, not drink forever. She only had to not drink today. And in fact, the the day when she entered her current 
long-term sobriety, she woke up in the morning and she said to me, I don't want to drink today. And I don't want to drink tomorrow either. And that was all she was committing to today and tomorrow. Now, when I think about one day at a time, it's, it's more about what we were saying about not worrying, about yesterday was yesterday, tomorrow is tomorrow, and I need to be here today. And so it's, it's less about, it's often less about escaping today's pain or tolerating today's pain. It's not about escaping. Uh, and it's more about not living in, in yesterday's pain or in tomorrow's pain by worry or resentment. So Spencer, while you were talking, I was, I was kind of thinking that maybe I want to amend my original statement about the difference between uh, the pause button and one day at a time. Because I kind of liked the way that you sort of graduated, you know, how you used it in the beginning and how you use it now. And I think... Graduated high. <laughs> <laughs> progressed? Is that better? Okay. You know, I think... Pause button is something that I use mostly in conversations with other people to avoid saying things that I would have to make an amends for later. Ooh. Where one day at a time, and Swetha, I could relate to what you were saying about the rabbit hole. So for me, one day at a time is about pulling myself out of that catastrophizing, as one of our friends would say. I've really been struggling, particularly over the last week, um, with my partner who has a characteristic that really, really plays on some uh, insecurities that I have and does so to the point where I feel like I've come to a feeling like it's potentially a deal breaker. Like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, I don't know if I can handle this character trait anymore. And, you know, we've been together a long time, like over 10 years. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide how long, how long do I wait? You know, how long am I patient? How long am I understanding? How long do I give the other person the opportunity to make this so-called change that they're quote unquote committed to making? So when that happens, when that fear gets triggered, you know, my, and I don't know if you were talking about this earlier. We were at a meeting tonight. Um, I don't know if you were talking about it at the meeting or at some point. You were saying something about, like, planning your escape route out of a situation. I feel like I talk about that all the time. <laughs> Perfect. <Excellent. laughs> Go for it. Could have been today and the other day. Who knows? Probably both. <laughs> so so that's what I've been doing. You know, I'm, I've been planning my escape route out of this relationship over the last week because I don't want to deal with the situation anymore. And I don't know if I can be patient enough to wait through it. And so through that process, now I'm going down this rabbit hole and I'm totally out of one day at a time. I mean, I'm like so far away, you can't even measure it. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where I am. One but light year at a time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah, so for me, one day at a time is a little bit more focused on bigger events, mm -hmm. situations that affect me mm -hmm. versus the pause button is more like a conversational tool, I think. If I can ask you to speculate, how do you think you might be able to get back to, to living more one day at a time rather than being 
way the hell out in the future? <laughs> well, you know, my higher power has been helping me out with that a lot this week. I've had many opportunities to reach out to people in the program that I have known, but I don't really know, you know, I'm not close with. And also people have been reaching out to me, you know, people that I work with, people that I sponsor, um, people that I'm friends with, but also people that I don't normally talk to have randomly been reaching out. And so I feel like those texts and emails and phone calls keep coming at a good time. You know, it, it interrupts that thinking. And so I can get out of my head and I can think about something else and just talk to somebody about their situation or whatever. And that's really helpful. It, definitely going to a meeting is, uh, you know, shocking. I know. <laughs> it no, works, people. It does. It does. <laughs> it does. And, and as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, we were connecting one day at a time to self-care. And what you're talking about here is self-care Mm-hmm. to bring yourself back into a more center, more serene place. Right. And, of course, prayer and meditation, which, you know, I'm horrible at, but progress, not perfection. <laughs> I had some thoughts while you were talking earlier, Spencer, yeah. about tolerating something one day at a time. And I thought of that from kind of another perspective, which was that, I mean, I used to think that, when I made a decision, it had to be that decision for the rest of all time. Mm-hmm. And that if I changed that decision, that that would mean that I was wrong ever. <laughs> and that would be terrible. Which also, I would have like this rabbit hole trigger, right? Like I'd make a decision and then I'd be like, oh crap, what if I if I say it, then blah, 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 blah. And then, and then, and then, and then. And with one day at a time, I could say, I'm going to make this decision and it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay for now. And I can change my mind about it tomorrow. And it's been really good, <laughs> good for me to think about things this way because uh, one of my loved ones often reminds me that I made a decision and that I'm changing my decision. <laughs> you flip-flopper, you. I know. And my initial reaction, is it's every single time my initial reaction is like, oh, fuck, I totally did change that decision. Oh, no, what do I do now? And then I like hear a voice that's in my head that's like, and it's okay. <laughs> it's all going to be okay. You don't have the exact same needs, desires, and wants as you did when you were three. You don't have the same needs, desires, and wants as when you were 10. There's, there's no difference. It's just a different time period that you're putting. And so it's not necessary that your needs and wants are the same between even yesterday and today, or even now and an hour from now. If I get new information and I need to amend that decision, that's okay. And I, so I don't hold myself up to this much higher standard of perfection for all time ever, as if perfection alone isn't terrifying enough. <laughs> Just add like forever. Yeah, that I really resonate with also. That's what I was thinking of when you mentioned it, Spencer. I, yeah. And, and I hear you saying also that, that we, the, the slogan is one day at a time, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a day. No. It could be almost any any length of time. Yes. Like a light year. I think about <laughs> Actually I was just thinking about that and I just realized it's a distance measure. And I was yeah, like, oh no, yeah, all yeah. the dorks listening to this podcast are gonna be like, Swaitha's so stupid. <laughs> 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 oh gosh. <laughs> yes, and down to earth and self deprecating. Yep, yeah, all those two. We can be all those things. <laughs> um, yes, we can. But I think there's some danger. I mean, <laughs> I called my sponsor on Monday worrying about something. 
And I did the one day at a time thing, but altered that measurement to one and a half years at a time. And so you got to be really careful, I think, about where you take that, um, <laughs> where you take that time measurement. I think one day at a time is good. And some, and I can take that down to one hour at a time, one minute at a time, but it's, it's more for me, one day at a time is more indicative of a time period that's manageable, a time period right. that doesn't seem overwhelming. I can, I get what a day is. I mean, I can visualize a day, a year is a little harder, yeah. a decade even harder, yeah. although I do a damn good job of trying. <laughs> um, but I think that's what it's about. I think that's what one day at a time is about, more about not looking at your life in this unmanageable perspective of I need to control this or this person or these things. It's more about looking at it from a perspective of what I can manage, kind of like the serenity prayer. Uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, like what's going to happen a year from now. And God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, which is my actions today, because I know what's going to happen today. And the wisdom to know the difference, which in this case is a time-sensitive issue. So that's, that's that. I think it's more about looking at it from a perspective of what I can and cannot change and being accepting of it. Yeah. When, when you were talking about sort of longer term, mm. you know, one day, one year, one decade, whatever, <laughs> um, I was reminded of an experience I had um, in a meeting recently where uh, one woman started her share by saying, you know, I woke up this morning and this thought popped into my head. Oh my God, in 12 years, I'm going to be 70. <laughs> and I heard that and this thought popped into my head. Oh my God, in 12 years, in a few weeks, I'm going to be 70. <laughs> but she went on to say, and when I'm thinking that way, I'm not enjoying today. Mm. I've got 12 years before that happens. And I don't want to miss out on what's happening during those 12 years. And, and if I'm living in a space 12 years from now, mm -hmm. I'm missing mm -hmm. today. Right. And I often say things like, you know, this, this is what I mean, this is what I know right here, right now, you know, in this moment. And that's something I learned here. That is not something I brought brought with me to the program. I was I was so good at living in the living in the wreckage of the future, mm -hmm. uh, awfulizing, catastrophizing, whatever word. I love living in the wreckage of the future because it is so. It is it's such a visual mm, yeah, sort is. of um, concrete kind of statement. Like right. I can see the future and it's all wrecked and I'm there and and <laughs> you know it's not. Um, I remember, I think, I don't know, I had been in the program maybe six months. Mm -hmm. And my loved one had, had come home from treatment, which scared the hell out of me, by the way. She was gone for, you know, five months or something. And then coming home after that, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was driving to another city about five hours away for a conference, which gave me five hours in the car with nothing but no company but the inside of my head. <laughs> and, and we know what kind of a neighborhood that is. So I'm driving down this long, straight highway through the middle of Indiana with nothing to look at, driving through cornfields, I suppose, mm -hmm. except it was fall, so there wasn't even any corn to look at. 
and my brain is just going places, all kinds of places, you know. And by the time I got to Indianapolis, I was homeless, living in a car. <laughs> and of course, none of that was true. <laughs> none of that was true. And, and I had enough time in the program to know that this was not a good place for me to mm. be mentally, spiritually. And I was also in the middle of a sort of cell phone free reception area. This was, this was some years ago and, and cell phones were not as widespread as they are now. And, and I was hoping to be able to call the, the Al-Anon phone line in Indianapolis and find out about a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I knew they closed at five and at about five minutes to five, I came into some reception. So I pulled off the road and called them. They told me where to find a meeting that night. I went on down there. I went to that meeting. It was a third step meeting and. And one of the people in the circle spoke about, again, visualizing, visualizing his higher power. Every morning he got up and he visualized his higher power sort of picking him up and cradling him in his hands. And that was how he managed to, to start that day. Mm. And the next day, you know, one day, every day, every day, he, he started out with the, the picture of his higher power, you know, holding him and, and cradling him and, and enabling him to get through the day. And the fact that I remember that mm -hmm. 10 years later, uh, you know, it really, that really struck me. Mm -hmm. That was something I needed to hear that night. And I know that the whole thing, like finding reception right before the phone line closed and going to that meeting and hearing that share, that was all arranged to get me back to where I was at that time, to get me back to that moment, that there, that then, mm -hmm. and to get me out of the, the wreckage of the future. If you're living one day at a time, does that mean you don't make plans? I do make a lot of plans. <laughs> um, I think, again, it's a matter of the manageability of things. I don't, I really hate this because it's, I feel like I'm told there's no formula, Swetha, and you, you know, it's a case by case basis, but I think it's more for me a matter of planning things. Sometimes I, I want to plan everything, Spencer. I want to be like, I want to be so ready for every possible eventuality that I can go overboard with it. Like, like for example, with the podcast, I'm like five episodes out. Like I've got the script guys. What's the next topic? <laughs> um, and, and then we change it two days before the uh, actual episode. <laughs> but right? I, we were planning for that eventuality. We had a template script, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. And we had it go. I think the difference is when am I planning it out and when am I trying to be in control of the situation? Because I think I can, for example, when I meet with my sponsees, I'm, it's not going to be like, oh, hey, guys, at some point you're going to want to meet and I'm going to want to meet and the planets will align and somehow we'll have time for each other that day. I think that's unrealistic considering my schedule and their schedules. And so in situations like that, it's more of, hey, yeah, we should plan it out. But if I am sitting there like, okay, and then when, we're gonna, when are we going to meet? And what about the week after that? And what about the week after that? But what about that? And next year? How do you feel about next year? Let's go ahead and plan that in now. That, that's controlling. <laughs> one day at a time, I think, is about letting go of control. It's, uh, for me, one day at a time is a lot about, it's actually a lot about the third step. Yeah, it's a lot about the third step, which is turning my will and life over to the care of my higher power as I understood him. Mm -hmm. And it's about doing what I can today and then, and then letting that go 
and saying, and I do this a lot, saying, I've done everything I can. I've done everything I can. This is all I need to do. And that's really important to me. Saying I've done everything I can is, to me, the equivalent of one day at a time sometimes. Yeah. I'm reminded of the um, the expression that worry is not preparation, mm. which I think came up in... Uh, we had a meeting about uh, with the topic one day at a time on Wednesday, and so a lot of the, that came up during that meeting. But the converse of that, mm. preparation is not worry. You know, if worry is not preparation, that still means that it's okay to prepare for things that are going to happen. Just don't worry. Don't, you know, once you've done your preparation, once you've done what you can, as you said, mm-hmm. I've done everything I can, then we let go. Mm-hmm. Hard, sometimes. Hard. <laughs> you know, oh, man, I've done everything I can, but I want to do more. Mm-hmm. I want to control it. You're right. It's, it's, about, it's about not being in control. Um, I, don't I don't know. What do you think, Kelly? I'm, I keep thinking about black or white thinking. You know, I think sometimes... When we come into the program, it's really easy to grasp on to concepts at face value without looking a little bit deeper. And so, you know, it is really easy to say one day at a time. Can't, I can't, I can't look at tomorrow. I can't tell you if I'm available next week to meet. But I think, I think, you know, for me at least, sitting in that mindset takes away any opportunity to take responsibility over my life and my decisions. You know, if I'm, if I'm turning every single possible thing over, then, you know, I'm not really dealing with anything. You know, I'm, I'm eliminating any responsible action. So it, for me, it's finding that gray area. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a really good point, Kelly, um, that the prayer doesn't say, grant me the serenity to accept everything and I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Right? Wouldn't that right. be awesome, though? It says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change mm-hmm. and the courage to change the things I can. And, and it's very clear from that that there are things that I have to do. And what it's telling me is that the things that I can't do, then I let go of those. Mm-hmm. I had, I've, I've been having this week many opportunities to live a day, an hour, a minute at a time because... Work has gotten very hectic. We're working towards a deadline the middle of next week. We have quite a ways to go. There are several teams working on different parts of this this thing that we're building. And all of them seem to be depending on the component that I'm in charge of building. And so there's lots of got to do this right now, got to do this right now, got to get it done, got to get it done going on. And I'm feeling that pressure. So, for example, Wednesday night after the meeting, I came back to work. And I do that when things are getting busy. But I also fall into this sort of trap of got to do everything. Anyway, I came in. I worked till about 2 in the morning, which is probably about three hours longer than I actually got productive work done. And then somewhere along at about the same time, my wife decided that she wanted to have a party before our kids go off 
their separate directions at the end of the summer. Well, the end of the summer, like in a couple of weeks. That my son's going off to grad school, uh, my daughter's going back to college for a fifth year, and that this might be the last couple of weeks that all four of us are actually living in the house together. And so she wants to have a, a little get-together, open house, invite friends, have the kids invite their friends, so on. Which means we got to get the house all cleaned up. <laughs> and because of schedules, we have to get it all cleaned up before this Sunday. And that was like Wednesday, I think. She made the decision we're going to have a party on Sunday. Our house has a lot of stuff. And several of us use what my daughter calls the NFS filing system. I said, what does that mean? She said, nearest flat surface. <laughs> <laughs> so there's piles of stuff on tables, on the floor, on chairs that nobody sits on right now. <laughs> and so I started looking at a whole pile of stuff to do at work and a whole pile of stuff that is also depressing to do at home and started getting into that place of, I can't do it. It's too much. It's overwhelming. I'm just going to shut down. And really, thank God for one day at a time at the Wednesday night meeting. Oh, and so I decided I needed to shampoo the carpets because that hasn't happened for quite a while and they're filthy. And that was got to happen last night. And that meant we had to get everything off the floors by last night. <laughs> now, granted, some of it ended up piled on top of the table in the dog crate and so on. But <laughs> NFS. Uh, NFS, <laughs> you got it. So I sent out an email actually to you guys um, mm -hmm. yesterday afternoon saying, you know, I've got all this stress going on. I'm probably going to need a program call. And uh, I talked to Kelly last night, and I said, you know, I've, what I've realized is I really I have to do this one thing at a time. I have to do this just... And, and one, of the, one of the tools for me living one day at a time is just doing the next thing. Mm -hmm. You know, those other slogans, what first things first and do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Do the thing I have to do next. Don't think about the thing that comes after that until I get to the thing that comes after that. And I had to keep reminding myself of that as I was cleaning up, because as I was cleaning up, I was taking stuff and I was putting it away, and I would see something where I was putting it away that I needed to do something with, and you know how that rabbit hole goes. Mm -hmm. You never get back to the first thing. And, and I was like, no, my goal right now is to get the floor cleaned, get the stuff off the floor so that I can go rent the floor, the carpet cleaner, so that I can clean the carpets. And I kept bringing myself back to that place. Just do the thing that needs to be done now. Mm -hmm. And all the other stuff will happen when it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. And it did. Mm -hmm. And I got the carpets cleaned. Granted, I got to bed about 2 in the morning. So that's twice in a, two nights in a row, 2 in the morning. But Yikes. You know, I give myself permission to sleep until like 7 when I do that. <laughs> yeah. But it, it really, it really helped that I had had that reminder the, the day before about taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. That it, it took a lot of the stress off. And, and as I think the reading said, you know, reaching out, calling friends also is a tool that I use to, to get me back on track. Right. When mm -hmm. I'm starting to go a little bit off the rails. I can pick up the book. I can call somebody. Um, I can pray. I often need to call somebody to remind me to pray, but, you know, 
And, uh, and I appreciate when you guys do that for me. So that's my story. And that goes right along with what does life look like when I do apply one day at a time. Huh? <laughs> Actually, Spencer, when you were talking, I was thinking about something that I do that I'm really good at twisting program slogans to suit my purpose in the moment. I should have been a lawyer. Jeez. Irrelevant. The point is that <laughs> I <laughs> the point is that with one day at a time, I'm really good at like I'm really good at being goal oriented and then just being so singularly focused on that goal that I miss everything that comes before it. And I do that with one day at a time. Like sometimes I'll say, um, for example, recently I was I I was having a I was planning on having a conversation that I really, really, really didn't want to have. And if uh you've ever listened to this podcast before, you could guess it was about feelings. Um <laughs> really? <laughs> I know, crazy. So I, I kept telling myself I mean, I talked to my sponsor and the sort of feeling I got was just, you know, the, the one day at a time would be an applicable situation or applicable slogan here. And I kept being so focused on the end point, like this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This is going to be over at such and such time. I just got to survive until such and such time. And I was so close to missing everything that happened. Like I was so focused on that goal, so focused on just tolerating that situation and getting to that end point, that six o'clock deadline that I was just, I just almost missed this growing opportunity. And I think that that's really, really important. Um, there was this line that I heard like a million and one times before the program. It's about the journey, not the destination. I think I saw it on every bumper sticker ever, and I'd roll my eyes <laughs> and keep walking. How do you feel about it now? I still roll my eyes because now I know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's it really is, though. I think um, I think it's very easy for me to so focus on the goal that I would miss everything beautiful that got me to that point of the goal. Um, all the growth, all the spiritual activity. Have you guys ever seen that movie Click with Adam Sandler? Mm-mm. In it, he's so he's like the super driven guy at the beginning of his career, and he gets this remote control, and he can hit the fast-forward button, and it fast-forwards his life to the next point he wants to be at. And I saw the, the review, uh, well... That's, that's Click, huh? That's click exactly, and I saw the the synopsis, and I was like, "Oh my God, where is this for my life?" And then I saw the movie, and you know, it wasn't good. It was all, in conclusion, the journey, not the destination, was the movie, and it really did. I really did understand it at that point. Uh, it really is about allowing one day at a time. Doesn't mean wait for that end goal, look at that finish line, and get to that finish line. It's more about saying. How, what do you feel? Well, for me, it's more about me asking myself, what do you feel you can manage right now? If it's a conversation about feelings and you can't handle like 24 hours of talking about your feelings, well, how do you feel about 15 hours or 15 minutes? Or what can you do and still be present in your life? And when I'm able to bring it down to that level of what can I, what can I do right now? And how can I participate and be of service? right now to myself and to my fellows uh it's that's how that's how one day at a time helps me the most that's how i grow the most from one day at a time as opposed as opposed to doing my standard thing of just saying i just need to survive until 6 p.m on the dot and then i just shut down emotionally shut down mentally and i just go through the motions for however many hours it is until I get an alarm on my phone that says, it is 6 p.m., you can now stop talking about feelings. <laughs> um, and 
When I can do that, when I can focus on, even if it's 15 minutes at a time of something that I'm not really comfortable with, I can tell myself, this is all I can do in these 15 minutes. And I feel like, I feel like it was my sponsor that said this to me early on in the program, that as, as long as you prioritize your connection with your higher power and, and your serenity, everything else falls into place. And I remember thinking, that sounds really time-consuming. How am I going to do that and all the other stuff I need to do <laughs> to get everything done so that everything will be okay? And then I went back to a lot of meetings, which was really good, which is obviously what I needed at the time. But uh, now what I do is I'll say, you know, I just need just one 15 minutes at a time, and everything I can do during these 15 minutes and still maintain my serenity, that is enough. It's, that's all I can do and maintain my serenity, and that is enough, and that's all I was meant to do. Because the second I lose my serenity, then everything else is, all the work I might have done, it doesn't, it doesn't really help me at all. Anything I do, it just kind of gets canceled out by my rage or resentment or anger in the long term. Yeah. So I had this experience the other day where we were in a meeting related to this push that we're on. We've got one deadline next week. We've got another deadline in a month. And we were doing some brainstorming about how the heck we're going to get from here to there. And one of, the, one of my fellow engineers said something that triggered something in me about, uh, obviously, an anxiety, a concern that I'd had, and I started taking us down a rabbit hole. And at that point, I was not focusing on my serenity. I was not focusing on my connection with a higher power. I was at work. Hey, you know, there's no higher power at work, right? <laughs> um, or if it is, he's in a corner office on the third floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I started going back to that that old place of of anger and you know it was not the rage but I was getting forceful my voice was getting loud and I was interrupting I was trying to force my solution on top of what everybody else was saying and people were pushing back and I recognized that this was happening and I was able to pull back some I was able to stop and actually listen to what the other people had to say and eventually we came around to a place of agreeing that there was an issue that we under, that we agreed on our understanding what the issue was and most importantly that it was not an issue that we were supposed to be solving in that particular meeting and so we dropped it but i felt like particularly listening to what you just said swaith i felt like that was a place where i had lost my connection with my serenity i had lost my my one day at a time-ness, uh, I was awfulizing into the future and mm-hmm. I needed, needed it fixed right now. Mm-hmm. And of course it's not going to get fixed right now. <laughs> I needed a solution, you know, mm-hmm. I needed a formula. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, I was grateful that, that I was able to sort of, with some help from, from my coworkers, to catch on to what was happening there and, and to recognize that I needed to pull back from it. Actually, Spencer, do you mind if I mention something? Yes. Really quick? 
much. No, I mean. <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, then I will not say anything. Yes, I do. No, 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 no. <laughs> what I meant was go ahead. <laughs> when you were talking about catastrophizing, I think Kelly you mentioned that also earlier. I know that something I do is uh, act very, very stubborn in a very passive-aggressive way, and not only towards other people, but towards myself as well. So if I get an idea in my head, whether consciously or subconsciously, I do everything I can to make that come true. Um, so when I start catastrophizing, I am so scared of this horrible thing, the what would you, the wreck of the future, the wreckage of the future. Yeah, the wreckage of the future. The wreckage of the future. I'm so afraid of it happening, and not so much about it happening, but that it will hurt me. I'll be in pain. I'm so afraid of that pain and suffering that I think, let's get it done with now. Let's do it right now. We'll just get it done with and we can move on past that. And that's my goal. My goal is to not feel pain or if I'm going to feel pain to get it over with immediately, that mm. it happens sooner rather than later. Mm. So when I start worrying, when I start thinking about things one, two, three, four, five days, five years, whatever into the future, um, yeah. I go to this really sick place. Actually, I did that recently where I was thinking about something happening a couple of years into the future and being really afraid that um, people wouldn't love me anymore and I'd be isolated and they'd kick me out of the program. And it wasn't even related to the program. There's no reason why anyone in the program would ever know. But, but they're going to find out. They're going to find out. out. They have spies. I know how you all work. <laughs> just stalkers. No, I, that's, that's the thing. I was really scared. That's what I was scared of. I was scared of isolation and afraid of being shamed and guilted. So I called the person that I thought would shame and guilt me over and over and over and over again because I wanted them to do it right now. I wanted them to tell them that something bad could happen in the future and they might shame or guilt me then, so let's just get it over with now and then I don't have to do it later. Um, wow. <laughs> that is so not my pattern. I know, me neither. It's fascinating. <laughs> Gosh, where's the masochism, guys? What's happening here? I thought it's a we program. <laughs> avoidance. I'm all about the no, avoidance. I'm, I'm good at masochism. I just have to be the person applying the pain. Oh, damn. Sadism, you say? <laughs> well, I guess all in one, you know, it's just all wrapped up there. I can apply my own pain just fine. I don't need the rest of the world to do it for me. And, and, and my pattern is avoidance, oh. which is what I hear Kelly saying. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> well, I called eventually after calling this uh, person and being in a very sick place and calling this person over and over and over again and swearing at them a lot and thinking, why the hell can't they be there for me when I need them? Uh, now I want to I clarify here. You mean... You never actually got a hold of them. I did not. My so when you were swearing power, at them, you were swearing at their, their image in your head or whatever. Actually, specifically at my phone. They had a, There's a picture that shows up oh. on my phone when I call people. <laughs> and I was just like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> How many times do I have to call you for you to be available to judge me? This is ridiculous. You judge me all the time when I don't want you to, and now I want you to, and where are you now? <laughs> Why can't you be here for me? And... <laughs> Um, that actually, this that's actually went through my head, <laughs> and I kept going back anyway. Um, eventually, eventually, I got into my head that this might be my higher. It was, it was in fact my higher power at work, and uh, trying to save me from a world of crazy, even though I was trying really hard to dive into it head on. And eventually the thought got into my head that I have another phone number on my phone. My sponsors, in fact. So I remember <clears throat> you telling us uh, one day about how you have your, your speed dials mm -hmm. like in order so that the program people are at the top. And, yes. And the people that are likely to you know, shame you or judge you or further, much further down. Yes, but you notice they're both on my speed dial list. 
<laughs> so, you know, I can appease my sick yeah, side yeah, also, if okay, need be. Right. She just skipped towards the middle somewhere. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. Bypassed the first couple. It was the Russian roulette. <laughs> the emotional <laughs> Russian roulette. <laughs> um, I picked a bullet, I thought, but instead it was it was blank, so that was good. And eventually, eventually I called my sponsor. And then that kind of got me out of that, that need to force into reality this fear that I had. Uh, because I, I tend towards, I, I'm a very logic-oriented person, and I tend towards situations that I can understand, that I'm comfortable in, that make sense to me logically. And I've grown, grown up in such um, a sick mindset that these sick situations that if X happens two years in the future, I need to be judged right now, that totally makes sense to me, completely. Apparently not to you guys, but totally <laughs> makes sense to me. And so I sought it out, not even consciously. I didn't consciously think, Swetha, I'm going to fuck you up emotionally right now. Let's do this. I just, it just happened before I even knew it. My hand was on the phone and I was dialing this person's number. Wow. Yeah. And, but eventually I came back. Eventually I came back to calling a sponsor, which never would have happened. There would have been 18 missed calls a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Some angry voicemails. But there weren't. There were no voicemails and only four missed calls. So progress, not perfection. That's an episode, guys. You should check it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just wanted to point out that when I am sending out negative vibes into the universe, it's the universe responds and gives me an opportunity to allow those things to come to reality. I mean, I, I force those things into reality when I continuously obsess about them, which I think is part of the reason why so often my sponsor says, you know, why don't you pray or write a gratitude list? Because then I'm obsessing about good and positive things. And then whether consciously or subconsciously, I try to bring those about mm -hmm. instead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have a, a quest, we have a question here. It says, if you apply this tool, does that mean you're never scared or worried or frustrated? <laughs> Anybody want to pick that one up? Hmm. I don't know. I guess I would want to talk to the person who successfully applies this tool every moment of every day, because <laughs> that would be the only way to, to figure out the answer to that. I mean, the Dalai Lama. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Actually, he has a ton of books on how to handle anger. He gets angry a lot, apparently. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. He wow. has a book hmm. on how to feel your feelings and let go and let go. Yeah, because... Wow. because I think, I think for me, if I'm truly living one day at a time, I mean, that's going to include feeling the negative feelings as well as the right. positive. It's not all about being serene and, and calm and letting things go. I mean, it's about when I'm angry, not stuffing it. Right. When I'm sad, feeling the sad. I mean, I talked a couple of weeks ago about, about grieving and about feeling that grief and about the need to feel that grief, the mm -hmm. need to, to live it. And then, and then, to let go of it, at least for a little while. Um, so, I think we still can have these negative feelings. I think it's about how we live them. It's not about making them not happen. What do you think, Kelly? I agree. I mean, I th I think I've I've not had a lot of success in my life thus far from stuffing and avoiding feelings, and. If I don't deal with them in the moment, if I'm not working, you know, one day at a time, they're going to pop up at some random moment somewhere <laughs> far down the road. 
and come out sideways at somebody, you know? So, so I agree. I, I don't think, you know, to me, when I'm, when I'm living one day at a time, it allows me to be present for whatever is happening, good, bad, or otherwise. And, and actually process that instead of, you know, avoidance. Spencer, we were talking about that avoidance technique. You know, that's just so much easier to just, I don't know, go to sleep and avoid it or pretend it didn't happen or, you know, where if I actually process it, I, I think you talked about learning experiences earlier, Swayta. You know, I think it gives me a learning opportunity where that I can grow from instead of just staying in my stagnant terrified place any last thoughts Swetha? on a slightly amusing note i feel like this podcast is now split into team avoidance and team self um, <laughs> what, masochism or just yeah masochism emotional masochism go team emotional masochism <laughs> <laughs> i think i think one day is a time at a time is hugely about self-care it's giving yourself time like kelly was saying for, it's giving yourself time to process, telling yourself you don't have to be living or fixing something five, even five minutes into the future and just telling you stay in the present. I think that's what it is for me, giving me, a, giving me myself a moment to stay in the moment, accept what's going on, feel compassion for myself and the other person, and be really present with that. And uh, whether that's one day at a time or one second at a time, it doesn't matter. It's personal case-by-case basis, no formula. (laughs) Yeah, those are my final thoughts. Kelly? I think this is just sort of a, it's been a graduated process for me. You know, I think first coming into the program, there's a lot of situations that I had to take one minute at a time, one second at a time, you know, to really get through them and deal with. And now, you know, it's become a little bit easier to apply this tool and make it practical in my life. So it's a little bit easier with, with the one day. Um, so, you know, start where you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I, I think I'd learned or something as we were talking tonight was all the different ways in which we can apply that, that concept of living one day at a time, you know, that it can be, I'm just going to get through this. I'm going to get through this, I can do this for an hour. I can do this for, for a day. It's about, I'm living in today. I'm not worrying about tomorrow. I'm not kicking myself about yesterday. It's about experiencing the moment. It's about, you know, seeing the joys in the moment that we would have lost if we were focused on a goal or on an imagined pain in the future. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things that we talked about here that that go go into this. It's, there's a lot more to it than just, I mean, what, one day at a time. What is it, five words, something? <laughs> okay. There's a lot packed into those yes. five words. Pretty amazing. I want to read the reminder from the reading that we started with. This day is all I have to work with, and it is all I need. If I am tempted to worry about tomorrow's concerns, I will gently bring my mind back to today. And I like the quote here, too. It says, The past has flown away. The coming month and year do not exist. Ours only is the present's tiny point. So we're going to take a little break with some music, 
And Kelly, you want to introduce this song? Sure. We have Joe Walsh singing a song entitled One Day at a Time. And I think we have the live version of this performance. And he starts off explaining to the crowd that this uh, song was written after he came into recovery. This is about learning how to uh, live my life without my best friend, Vodka. <laughs> who I said goodbye to 18 years ago. What's happening in our meetings and in our lives this week? Swetha. I went to a meeting I haven't gone to in a while, and they did a, a first step talk, and I remember thinking, oh man, first step, I, I've already done this, I've graduated. <laughs> ha, ha. Yeah, and, and true to form, my higher power schooled me on how much I haven't. Um, as I listened to everyone's shares, I realized how much... By the way, the first step is that our lives are unmanageable that do you want to came to believe that no second step (laughs) damn okay you haven't graduated either (laughs) we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable thank you kelly (laughs) the part that i really focused on there is my life is unmanageable yeah (laughs) clearly that my life is unmanageable and that i'm powerless and not just over alcohol but over other people and uh, this, I really needed this meeting because I was trying really hard to control someone else's behavior in conflict, and rather than <laughs> rather than just adjust my own behavior and take my own inventory, I was taking theirs constantly and with an exquisite thoroughness that was unnecessary. Um, so that was a really good t- um, meeting for me. On Wednesday, I think we talked about one day at a time, which. I pretty much just went over during this podcast. (laughs) Um, And today we had a meeting. Well, what I heard, it was was a reading from one of our daily readers, and I I feel like everybody got a different message (laughs) from that. What I heard. Which is the beauty of those readings. Yes. uh, But I think everyone was actually genuinely confused. (laughs) 
Yes. But what I got from it was um, the difference between leading and and being of service, which uh, which was you know trying to shove my viewpoints down someone else's throat versus being of service in the moment to the primary purpose of that interaction. And it just reminded me, I mean, that's something that I keep striving to do and keep categorically forgetting every time I'm in an uncomfortable situation. And I'm like, I'll do that next time. This time I'm just going to shove this viewpoint down this person's throat. But progress, not perfection. And uh, I've also... I've also been listening to to the Recovered Cast um, podcasts, especially from their 12-hour podcast. Uh, Mark keeps putting up one hour every few, like one a week or something I think like it's that. really one. So where, where do you find Recovered? Oh, uh, at recoveredcast.com. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> and they have really good episodes, and they're a sister podcast, and we'll tell you more about that later. But uh, it's been really good for me. I, I listen to it while I'm at the gym. I think they might think I'm a crazy person because sometimes I look really serious and sometimes <laughs> I explode into laughter. Um, whatever. <laughs> it's all good. Self-acceptance, guys. <laughs> I also go to therapy, which has been really, really good for my spiritual growth as well. Uh, it gives me an opportunity to have... Uh, to talk about in depth some really personal things and give myself the space to forgive myself and uh and also explore explore feelings and <laughs> and and be open about being vulnerable i think i think just because of my i think the way i am i, I avoid i avoid feelings at every possible turn so of course with my alanon program i'm not i i i my sponsor will give me very good suggestions and I very carefully craft them so that it doesn't have to involve feelings when I'm taking her suggestions. <laughs> and uh, in, in therapy and things like that, they, I don't think they have any such rules about not giving advice. So they'll straight up tell you, I'm, I'm, this is the advice I'm giving you right now and this is what you should do. And I'm codependent enough to be like, oh, shit, I'm going to go talk about my feelings to my partner. This sucks balls. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been really, really good. I've been avoiding the part about relationships in, in the program, uh, about how to compromise, about how to be a partner in a relationship versus just being myself. It's very black and white thinking. I went from being super, super codependent to being super, super independent and with no Mm. no spectrum in between i just went from one to the other and this holds me holds me accountable for that mm. uh, which is really nice and that's been really good for my growth as well recognizing that there's someone else there are other people in the world it's not just only them or only me but we can coexist and even interact in a healthy way mind blown yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's been my week you know it's it's really good how you the different parts of your life, like your program life, your non-program life, are kind of working together there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really impressed that all of you guys listen to podcasts at the gym. I don't know how you guys do that. I need like loud pounding music to keep me motivated to keep going. <laughs> if I was listening to a podcast, I would like fall asleep on the elliptical machine. I'm really, I, maybe I just have to okay, try it. so... So Swaith and I fall asleep on our computer keyboards. You're going to fall asleep on the elliptical. I cannot visualize that. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I do work out first thing in the morning. So, you Uh-oh. know, I'm still kind of waking up. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't think I could listen to. I mean, I've I've had a a, a lifelong struggle with talk radio in general. Mm-hmm. I've I have people in my life who really like talk radio, and for the longest time, it was like nails on a chalkboard. But <laughs> I think maybe it was more the topic mm. of what they were listening to. And I've since found a lot of different podcasts that I actually like. So, um, but I also listened to a lot of recovered this week, some of the older back episodes. Mm. And, um, I just had it on while I was working. You know, I wasn't, I, I didn't need to like do a lot of phone calls or anything this week. So it was a good, good background to kind of help keep me sane and focused. Personally, I didn't do a whole lot this week. Um, I have a couple of heavy weeks of travel coming up. So um, when I wasn't working this week, I just kind of stayed close to home and, and relaxed. Um, I did go to a couple meetings. I went to the Wednesday night meeting. Like 20 minutes into the meeting, I'm sitting next to Spencer and I lean over and say, we should make this the topic for the podcast this week. <laughs> because all three of us were like viciously nodding throughout the entire <laughs> meeting uh it seemed like it was just you know really prevalent in all of our lives this week so so that was great there were a ton of good shares and um also went to the meeting tonight and uh yeah it it was uh it was out of a book that we don't normally use and it was about the concepts which we don't normally cover in that meeting and so (laughs) i i think it really threw people for a loop it was really (laughs) Really interesting to see what everybody <laughs> pulled out of it because yeah. there were so many different messages that came out of it. And it, it was one of the best meetings I've been to in a long time. So, you know, for that, I'm grateful because yeah. I like that that personal um, interpretation. And then I also had a really meaningful meeting this week with a sponsee. Um, it's somebody that I've been working with for a little while now, and they have sort of resisted my normal method of working with someone and you know in an effort to work my program I'm I'm trying to be flex flexible I want them to feel comfortable and so I've kind of let her guide you know how she wanted things to go and the feeling that I was getting from our interactions was that you know she wasn't really feeling like comfortable opening up to me You know, like we had kind of skipped a step early on that I felt like was preventing that from happening. And, you know, for me, initially, one of the ways that I made a lot of progress when I first started coming to the program was that I had this point person in my sponsor that I could trust and talk to about anything, you know, that I could say anything and not feel judged. And and she was the only one that I could do that with. And so, you know, I think I've sort of had that idea in my mind, like, you know, I need to be that person for everybody that I work with. And, and I don't, you know, that's, that's not realistic. But, but what I was feeling this week is that we sort of hit that point, you know, she really confided a lot of things in me that she had sort of been dancing around for a while. And so it was a really great feeling (laughs) to know that, even though I had such a messed up feeling week, like I was really sort of feeling very crazy, you know, that I, that I could still be present and I could be that point person for her. And that, you know, somehow in her mind, she had come to this place of trust with me. So it felt really good. Yeah. Just to know that even though I felt insane, somebody else still thinks I'm normal (laughs) (laughs) or something. (laughs) 
<laughs> that, that at least you can still be of service. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Not totally useless. <laughs> my week. Wow. There was a lot going on in my week. And uh, I want to talk about, I think I want to talk about one other thing that really relates to the topic uh, tonight, uh, which is that I found myself uh, worrying about a situation that was not mine, that I really had very little influence on, but it involves somebody I care about. And so uh, I went to that old, old place of, of comfort and worry in that weird sort of comfort that we get from going to those places of pain that are so familiar. Luckily, I, I reached out. I was at a meeting and uh, a person came to that meeting who wasn't normally there. And I, and I said, hey, can we talk after the meeting? Somebody I could, I felt I could open up to. And we talked and I was reminded, as Swetha said earlier, that I had done all I could. And it was suggested that I just tell myself that every time it came up, I've done everything I can. I've done everything I can. And that helped. That helped it helped get me back in the moment and out of the worry. I went to an AA open talk over the weekend. I haven't been going fairly regularly to those. I used to go like every week. I, I know I've been to over 100 of them, somewhere between 100 and 200 of them. And, and I went... And I'm really glad I did. Um, the The fellow who was was giving his story was a good speaker. He had a lot of good things to say, and he gave me a new view of the steps. He said, "You know, people talk about dividing the steps up into the surrender steps one through three, the action steps four through nine, the maintenance steps ten, eleven, and twelve." He said, "I don't see it that way." He said, what I see is step one is the problem, that I am powerless over alcohol, and that when I allow alcohol to have power, my life is unmanageable. Step two is the solution, that I have a higher power who can return me to sanity. He said, steps three through 12 are how I get there. They're the process of getting to the solution. And that, I don't know, that made a whole lot of sense to me. It really made a whole lot of, and it's very simple. One's the problem, two's the answer, everything else is how you get there. Um, and, you know, that was certainly true for me. You know, my problem was I was powerless over my loved one's drinking. And the solution I found was a higher power, which at first was Al Anon, the program, the people in the program, what I heard in meetings, and has since uh, become something more than that. And the way I got there was working those steps. So I, I, I'm really glad I went. It was sort of a very last-minute decision. I was kind of like, hey, I think I'll go to the meeting tonight. I don't know why. I think I'll go. And uh, it was good. And you guys have already talked about the other meetings, and, and I'm not sure I, I pulled anything more from those meetings than you did. So <laughs> um, I, think, I think that's where I'll, where I'll stop with my week. No, there is one other thing, which is that that I have this this place I go to when I'm anxious that I get kind of frantic sometimes. And uh, 
and I think probably both of you guys have been recipients of of my phone calls and texts and emails <laughs> uh, when I'm when I'm in that frantic place. And I've been there a lot recently, and it it was not comfortable. Um, and you know, I thank you for the help in in helping me get out of it, uh, reminding me that I have a higher power who can help me get out of it, uh, which I always forget when I'm there. Well, I'm dealing with a, a coworker who is more frantic than I am, and whenever there's the slightest hitch, he starts fire, fire, firing off emails, uh, and you know maybe like he'll fire off an email with a problem, and then five minutes later the problem has been fixed. He'll fire off another email, and I was getting really annoyed, <laughs> and I. I think back to a, a guy I knew some years ago. I don't know what's happened to him, but he always said, if you spot it, you've got it. <laughs> mm. The things that really annoy me and other people are probably things that I do that annoy me and myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why they really annoy me and other people. And uh, I feel like my higher power was sort of reminding me what it feels like to be on the other end of that that franticness. And maybe next time I get there, I can be a little more serene about it. We'll see. Hmm. So next week, our next episode, we'll be talking about step eight. Step eight says, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. We think. For now, it's step eight. We're not sure. We could change our mind. 20 minutes before. (laughs) Next week, we're going to talk about step eight. (laughs) Okay. Come, come hell or high water. Um, All right, then. <laughs> I'm forcing that solution. No. Um, I'm not the dictator here, though, am I? Damn, darn. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, anyway, next week we're planning to talk about Step 8 <laughs> at the moment. Um, and we do welcome your thoughts. Please join in the conversation. You can leave a voicemail or send us an email with your experience or questions about Step 8. Some questions you might think about. Are you struggling with guilt and resentment over your actions in the past? Are you not sure how to make an amends? Are you not sure you'd be able to make an amends to certain people? Do you think that you might deserve some amends before you make your amends? (laughs) Well, tell us about it. Send us some feedback. We'd love to hear your comments, thoughts, and questions about Step 8. And Swetha, how can people send us feedback? You can call and leave us a voicemail at 734-707-8795. Just put the podcast on pause and join the conversation at 734-707-8795. You can also use the voicemail button on the website to join the conversation from your computer. If you prefer not to use your voice, you can always send us an email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Share your experience, strength, and hope, or your questions about today's topic of one day at a time, or next week's topic of step eight, or potentially anything else, because you don't know what we might be doing next week. (laughs) We're doing the podcast one day at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And if you have a topic you'd like us to talk about, definitely let us know. Kelly, where can our listeners find out more about The Recovery Show? Uh, You can go to our website, therecoveryshow.com, and there we have all the information about the show, including notes for each episode. We have a blog with daily meditations, uh, links to the music we play, and a page to which we periodically post recordings of Al-Anon Open Talk speakers. Uh, We've also got a few links to other recovery podcasts and websites that we like. There are many ways to contribute to the content of the podcast and the website. You can leave comments on the blog 
or take a look at our suggested topic list. If you see a topic you'd like covered, you can leave a comment there to vote it up. And if you don't see a topic you're interested in, let us know and we will add it onto the list. We're always looking for music suggestions as well, and we have a page with just a few that we've received so far. It's actually under the topic ideas on the menu at the top of the website. And if you're feeling inspired or ambitious, think about contributing a guest meditation or meditation prompt, which is usually a quote or song lyric. And if you'd like the meditations emailed to you daily, you can click on the email button at the top right corner of the page to sign up. So just hop on over to therecoveryshow.com and enter the conversation there. Hey, Spencer, do we have any voicemails or emails or comments this week? Yeah, we do. Um, but you know what? We're going to play some music first. And uh, the next piece we've selected is Ramble on Rose by the Grateful Dead. And this this came on uh, to my iPod this morning just on shuffle. And mm. it immediately put me into this sort of laid back, in the moment kind of a feeling. And so for this one, for me, it's not so much what are the lyrics, it's just the feeling of, and maybe this just relates back to growing up in the 60s and 70s and the Grateful Dead where the, you know, the, the sort of the kickback jam band.
week that you want to read the uh, email from Stacy? Sure. Stacy writes, Hello, Spencer, Kelly, and Swaitha. Stacy, I'm from Wisconsin again. The show j- really just keeps getting better and better. I always feel like I could contribute. This week, I feel like I could comment on so much. First, Spencer. I heard the same TAL podcast and bawled like a baby on my drive home. <laughs> I'm always amazed when non-program people pro- behave in program ways. It truly astounds me that there are people in this world that have been taught these principles because these principles saved my life and they were absolutely foreign to me. Second, the following is a link to an AA speaker that is really just amazing. I noticed you had not put the speaker on the website in a while, and I thought you might consider this one called What God Looks Like. Check out this great podcast. And uh, she attaches the the link there. I, I, we're going to link it? We'll, we'll put a link, yeah. Great. Uh, she continues to write, They have both AFG and AA speakers. Buzz Aldrin's talk can be found there. I'm sure it shouldn't matter that a celebrity can find and share their story, but knowing that on that one of the first men on the moon was an alcoholic really helped lessen that stigma in my mind about loved ones suffering and recovering from this disease. Third, Hillary. I was really drawn to her email, not because I'm a dominant introvert, but because I remember what it was like to feel uncomfortable around others and to feel like I could be no other way. Fortunately, I had good people in the program to nurture me through discomfort. She talks a lot about how sharing through writing is easiest for her, and I would encourage her to write her shares and send them to the forum. Also, my sponsor had me write has me write three to five things I'm grateful for, and a response to the daily page via a private Facebook message. After about six months of responding to a page in writing, it became much easier to share a response to a daily page or topic in a meeting. I have a somewhat shy Al-Anon friend that regularly shares our program progress on a private Facebook group called Courage to Change. Hmm. Finally, I'm so glad that you are keeping the listener feedback portion of the show. When you read my iTunes reviews and my first email on the podcast, I can't describe with the limitations of words how very much I felt a part of. Thank you, Stacey M. Thanks so much, Stacey. We really appreciate that email. Yeah, and I had an email exchange with Stacey, and I think she's going to help us with getting speaker talks back onto the website. I've just been not having the time to sort of review talks so that I can find good ones. And I don't want to just put up a random one. Like this might be good. I don't know. I like the person's name. So we'll put it up there, you know, and see what happens. Um, so uh, thank you, Stacy, for that note. And thank you for giving us a little kick in the butt about speakers. And we have an email from Barbara. Yes, we do. Barbara says one of the surprising lessons of service Uh, practicing the 12th step, carrying the message, is that for me it often involves, at least in part, doing something that I fear. The action of doing something in spite of the fear often results in the most precious growth and change. I love Regina Spector. She is so talented, and this video is a cute metaphor. At first she was relating to an empty space, but eventually it became a real person, and together they brought beautiful color into their black and white world. Hey, it's not always related to romance either. I cherish the relationships in the program, fellowship with people who I never would have been open to without the boldness of change. They bring amazing color to my life. I love Regina Spector, too. If you guys have never listened to her, she has a really amazing voice. You know, I I spend hours in the car with teenage women, and so I hear all kinds of people, including Regina Spector and, you know, Taylor Swift and... And rap and hip hop and you know, it's a real interesting mix. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. Um, she's got some great stuff. Diane uh, posted a comment uh, on the joint sponsorship roundtable episode, the one that we did with mm-hmm. uh, Recovered Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "Great show. Really appreciated the AA Al-Anon combo. 
The discussion and sharing around changing sponsors is something I don't often hear much about in the rooms, so thanks. iTunes reviews and ratings help to make us easier to find by those in need who are seeking recovery. If you're concerned about anonymity, you can give us a rating without writing a review, and your identity will not be shown. We have two new reviews this week. Uh, Swethi, you want to read the first one? Sure. Uh, the first one says, Great Recovery, Five Stars by Silent Bob. <laughs> this is a great show for anyone in and out of the program. Even if Al-Anon is not your program, you will find lots to ponder here. Thanks, Silent Bob. <laughs> and uh, we got one from Jen. says, A great addition to my recovery toolbox. I'm so glad I stumbled upon this podcast. The hosts are approachable, honest, and rooted in the program. When I can't make a meeting or I need some program support, at any time I can play this. It's such a gift. Thank you all for your service. And a uh, little bit of uh, podcast news here. Uh, I think Swetha already mentioned that our sister podcast, Recovered, at recoveredcast.com, is continuing to upload segments of their 12-hour podcast along with their regular weekly episodes, which sometimes feature uh, members of this crew. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I'm going to be there next week. I forget what we're talking about. I guess I'll be prepared. <laughs> watch those clips, Spencer. Yeah, i got to watch those video <laughs> clips, yeah. And uh, also, uh, we're, we're preparing for a, an extended absence by Kelly as she goes out on the road for her job mm -hmm. uh, in August, and we'll be featuring a number of uh, guest uh, hosts. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, as also um, not looking forward to Kelly being gone because she contributes so much. New blood is always good, though. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, for those of you who are, uh, have been clamoring for a uh, roundtable of people who have siblings, people in el who are there because or who have siblings who are uh, alcoholics or addicts, uh, we're rounding up a set of people. It uh, looks like we're going to do that towards the end of August. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking forward to that. That should be fun. And finally, it doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses. These are around about $30 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear in a couple of ways. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Diane and Ruth did. And thank you, Diane and Ruth, again. We also have put together a list of recovery-related books. Click on the books link at the top of the page. If you order one of these books from Amazon through our website, we receive a small commission. In fact, you can order anything from Amazon using the search box at the bottom of the books page, and it costs you nothing extra, helps to keep us going. Thank you for your support in whatever form you give it, including just listening to us. We are here for you. I did hear from one of our listeners uh, in uh, Germany that uh, she's unable to order from those links because apparently she can't order from the U.S. Amazon in Germany. And um. I looked at uh, the German Amazon, and we would have to totally set up a separate um, affiliate there somehow. And, and uh, so I guess if you're outside the U.S., just keep listening. <laughs> We're good. We're going to close the show uh, with a song. What have we got? It's uh, One Day at a Time by Willie Nelson. The, some of the lyrics are, I live one day at a time, I dream one dream at a time. Yesterday's dead and tomorrow's blind and I live one day at a time. And if that's not self-explanatory enough to quote Spencer, it's Willie Nelson, what more do you need? <laughs> <laughs> I live one day at a time. I dream one dream at a time Yesterday is dead And tomorrow's blind And I live one day at a time 
guess that you're surprised to see me back at home. But you know how much I miss you when I'm gone. But don't ask how long I plan to stay, cause it never crossed my mind. Cause I live one day at a time. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time. I have to follow, and perhaps I won't in time, but I live one day at a time. And I live one day at a time And I dream one dream at a time Yesterday is dead And tomorrow is blind And I live one day at a time And I live one Day.